Hey y'all, what's up? This is Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy, and this is Obedience Episode 20, entitled Obedience is Payment for What You're Praying For. Now, if you've been following the Black Health Academy podcast for a while, then you're familiar with my 60-second tips of the week. I recently did a 60-second tip of the week about this, and I promise to do a podcast just expounding on this point of view. Obedience is payment for what you're praying for. I want to get into it today and delve even deeper about obedience. If this is your first time listening to one of my solo episodes, hey, welcome. Um, In addition to doing the 60 second tips of the week. I also post recent lectures and talks here, um, the replays of those. In addition to, I do a podcast with my co-host, Ms. Get Fit with Jay, every couple of weeks and these solo episodes. This is the only place you can find these solo episodes, um, obedience. And in these obedience episodes, I talk about First of all, what obedience is, the value in being obedient, how to get in alignment if you're out of alignment, right? And how to essentially start shifting things in your favor, okay? And we do that through our obedience. So I'm excited to be with with you here today on this final day of 2021. So happy new year to you, wherever you are and wherever you are listening to this. If I'm way late, then, you know, but happy new year. I figured this would be a phenomenal way to end the year talking about obedience so that you can begin thinking about how you want to start aligning, rearranging, or pivoting things for yourself moving forward, right? Um, because so a lot of times we tend to question things like why, why me or why not me? You know, I'm, I'm praying for these things and I'm not getting what I'm seeking. Um, it's not coming quick enough. It's not coming fast enough. You know, I'm looking around and it seems that everyone else is being shown favor um, and getting great success, regardless of the area of life. It's in but me I seem to be you know behind I seem to be being left behind seemingly Um, and I want to put some things on your brain today surrounding that topic as we get into um, obedience episode 20 all right so if you haven't already do yourself a whole favor and Get into the Black Health Academy at www.theblackhealthacademy.com. Become a member for free. And if plant-based nutrition or if getting physically healthy, getting away from a chronic health challenge is one of your goals, then you need to be inside of the Black Health Academy. Um, Inside the Academy, we house plenty of master classes in addition to live classes that we do every month, teaching you how to adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle um, and teaching you how to eradicate chronic preventable lifestyle diseases. So if health is one of your focuses, then please make sure you join the Black Health Academy. And to learn more about me, you can visit lisaangelsmith.com. All right. So I am your host for today and I'm excited to get into this topic. I got really excited because um, I was like, oh, this is a perspective from which I've never really tackled obedience. Right. Um, I think one of the things that's really common, at least in my personal ecosystem, is prayer, is faith. Right. I personally practice faith at a high level, spirituality, Um, but also it's you know, I I grew up in it. You know, I grew up in the church. I grew up 
Um, my mom is a praying mom. You know, she is a godly mom. She prays. She is the um, <laughs> uh, the prayer uh, person for my signature program, Farm to Table. Like it's kind of become a thing now where my mom comes to graduation and she prays over our students at the end of every semester. Um, it's just uh, it's so it's something I'm very familiar with. OK, so I pray on a daily basis. And, and I understand and believe in that, you know, I'm not calling the shots, right? I understand and believe that there is certainly a higher power, you know, that is running the show. And one of the things that can tend to happen if you are a faithful person, if you're a spiritual person, you know, whatever you believe in, right, whatever higher power you lean on, you know, one of the things that can sometimes happen is that we lean so heavily into that, um, that we sometimes forget or slack on the other side of that equation, right? Getting the things you want out of life, whether it be optimal healing, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, whether it be like financial abundance, whether it be love in your life, whether, you know, it, it be professional progression, um, and advancement, whatever you're looking for out of life, you know, it requires more than you just asking for it. All right. And most of us know this, right? That's, that's low level comprehension. You know, getting what you want out of life certainly requires more than just asking for it. It requires more than just journaling it and claiming it on pen and pad, right? It requires more than a vision board. It requires more, you know, then uh, declaring it with your with your words and, you know, getting on your knees like all of that is asking for it. Right. That's a way that we ask God. We ask the universe. Right. To start aligning things so that you get those things that you're asking for. That is absolutely a necessity, but it is only one side of the equation. So what I want to talk about today, I think, can uh, kind of be described as um, an elevated version of an adage that we all know very well, which says faith without works is dead. Right. Faith without works is dead. And I think um, kind of an elevated version of that concept is a great way to describe this episode. Faith without works is dead. That we know. Right. That we know for sure. Um, but I want to go deeper um, with that with that adage today and put a little context around that word works. Right. Faith without works is dead. Let's put some context around works and talk about what exactly that means. So here's the thing. Let's say you are somewhere in your life um, and you have a desire. OK, we all do. Right. So you have a desire in your life, but you feel like you've been getting the short end of the stick. You can't meet the one, you know, or you're, you've been struggling with this particular part of your health or, you know, financially can't get ahead. Professionally, you're unfulfilled, whatever it is. Right. So I want to present to you um, a thought that I heard recently, one of my spiritual, one of my uh <laughs> digital spiritual advisor said, and I thought it was so poignant, uh, poignant, and I thought it was so provocative, and it makes so much sense to with with this episode. And that saying is, things don't just happen to us; they happen to us just. Wait a minute, somebody ain't catch it. Throw it back, least. Things don't just happen to us; they happen to us just. Right. And then think of just in this case as being kind of the root word of justice. Right. 
So things don't just happen to us. They happen to us just. In other words, you're getting what you deserve. Okay? You're getting what you deserve. Now, getting what you deserve or you're going to get what you deserve, you know, was typically historically used in a negative way. Right. You're going to get what you deserve. It's, it's, that's very rare that we're using that in a positive way. Right. But things don't just happen to us. They happen to us. Just what that saying is just that, though, you're getting what you deserve. So if you are experiencing, you know, happiness, joy, fulfillment, success, all those things, we all the basic things we all want and desire. You deserve that. Right. You earn that. Right. That's something that you should be proud of. And if it's the opposite for you, where you're unfulfilled, right, you're not where you want to be. You're experiencing you feel like lack. Right. You're unhappy. Right. You're just not joyful. You're not at peace right now in your life. Right. Suffice it to say, there were some things that you did. It's not just all you would, but there are some things that got you to where you are right now. You got you to where you are right now. Things don't just happen to us. They happen to us just. Okay. And so you are also getting what you deserve. Listen, our life is a physical manifestation of the thoughts that we think. Right. And where we are right now, you know, it's nothing but, you know, a a culmination of past events. Right there. This is where you are right now, where you sit right now and your life. Right. Is essentially a culmination of the decisions that you made last week, last month, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, five minutes ago, right? The way you feel is a combination of decisions that were pre a string of decisions where one thing led to another. (laughs) And here we are. Okay. So The question is, the question then becomes, if things don't just happen to us, they happen to us just, meaning you get what you deserve, how is what you deserve determined? Okay, How is what you deserve determined? Well, what you deserve is determined by what you pray for and what you pay for. And then also, we could throw a third one in there, what you're shown grace for some of us are experiencing great abundance and you know great happiness joy peace and it was only by God's grace right it was only by God's grace okay but what you deserve is determined by what you pray for i.e what you ask for and we ask for things in a multitude of ways we ask them with our words we ask them with our actions right we ask them with the written word we ask for things in a multitude of ways right um But it's also determined by what you pay for. And that's the part that I want to talk about with regard to obedience today. Obedience is payment for what you're praying for. Okay. So in thinking about obedience and kind of in thinking about, you know, how do we get what we want out of life? I think it's important to define, you know, exactly what obedience is, because a lot of us are really good people. Okay, a lot of us are really hard workers. A lot of us are really faithful and diligent in our prayer and in our service to the world. And so a lot of times, if you're not where you want to be, it could feel unfair. But here's the thing about fairness. Favor ain't fair. 
right? Favor ain't fair. So let's say you're checking all the boxes. Like I'm, I'm a hard worker. You know, I, I give back. I'm not self-serving. I'm not manipulative. You know, I'm faithful. Hey, I'm tithing. I'm praying. I'm, you know, taking care of my family. I'm drinking my water. I'm eating my damn plants. Like, why can't I get over this hump and experience abundance in the way in which I want to experience abundance? You could literally be doing everything I just named plus 10 more things and still be disobedient in life. You could literally be doing all of those things, checking all of those boxes and still technically be disobedient, still be preceding your prayer with disobedience. You could still be walking in disobedience, but to the out to the outer world, you look like the perfect person. Right. You you seem to be doing everything in life that you're supposed to do. Right. Doing everything you're, you're contributing to society. <laughs> you're you're really like helping old ladies across the street like you nailing it. You know, the out, outward um, appearance, it would appear as if you're really a good person and everything you're doing, everything you're supposed to be doing. So nobody can really understand why you're not getting what you want, including you. Like you can't really wrap your brain around why things aren't landing in your favor. But the thing about favor is that favor ain't fair. Favor is reserved for those of us who are obedient. Favor is reserved for those of us who are obedient. So here's the thing. I remember I said this is going to be an elevated lesson on this concept of faith without works is dead. So let's talk about the works part. Many of us, uh, many of you listening, because I know my audience, you guys are really hard workers. Okay, you guys are really hard workers and you've proved that you're not allergic to work. For many of us, um, the work is not an issue. Like if you commit to something, whether it be your career, a volunteer position, maybe enrolling in a program, whatever it is, you're going to do the work. So being a hard worker is not the issue. However, if that work isn't producing the outcomes you seek, you know, it may be because your faith and your work is misaligned. Your faith in your work is misaligned. So what does that mean? That means that, yes, you're a hard worker. No, you're not allergic to work. Nobody will question whether or not you put the work in. Hey, you've been at that job for years, only missed a day. Or, you know, you always helping out somebody else at the job. Like everybody come to you to figure out the processes and the solution, right? In church, you're the best volunteer there is you over the volunteers, right? You you run the show on the board at church, right? Whatever it is, your civic organization, your sorority, your fraternity, like whatever you're involved in, you work. The fact that you work is never in question. Your name would never be synonymous with lazy. <laughs> so you like, look, God, I'm not getting it, right? I have the faith. I'm prayerful. I'm tithing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leading by being a good person. I'm following, you know, whatever the commandments say I'm supposed to do. And then I work hard, right? So faith without works, right? I got both things here, God. Why is it not landing in my favor? And the reason for that may be because even though you're working hard, right? Even though you're working hard, you are working hard on the wrong task, on the wrong thing. I remember when I first started doing business coaching, um, one of my first clients, I remember asking him, we were in one of our business sessions, and I remember asking him if 
you know, how would you des- describe yourself as a coach? Like if you were, you know, telling somebody what type of coach you were, and he was a faith-based coach, I was like, many people won't know what that means. Um, so how would you describe it? Like, give me a very short description of how you would describe who you serve and what you do for them. And he said something that I thought was so beautiful. He said, I help people who lean their ladder against the wrong building and climb to the top. I was like, uh, 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 that's good. <laughs> right. It was just so perfect. He, he, he said exactly that, like they leaned their ladder against the wrong building and climbed to the top. So they worked for where they are, but they're not getting what they want out of life because they worked on the wrong task. Right. And that may be you. And that is in, it, in its essence, disobedience. You leaned your ladder against the wrong building and climbed to the top. And. I want to go over three or four reasons why you might have done that, right? But it's important to first and foremost be able to identify the fact that even though you're working hard and you're faithful, the reason you're not getting what you want is because even with all of that, from the outside looking in, you seem amazing. However, you're still being disobedient. It's crazy that it's almost crazy to think that, you know, hey, I'm serving food to the homeless every Saturday. I'm, you know, taking care. I'm a caregiver. And I, you know, I'm a hard worker at this job and I'm doing all of this. And it's hard to think that that could not be what you're supposed to be doing because you're serving in such a way. But we are all sent here on a. Yes, on a service assignment, but that service assignment is specific to us. So although you may be serving, because one of the ways, if this is your first obedience episode, let me back up a little bit. One of the ways that you know whether or not you're obedient and in alignment is if you're serving. Okay, that's one of the ways, not the only way, but that's one of the ways like obedience is always in service to others. Always. Okay, so you may be serving And can't quite figure out why you're not getting your comeuppance, right? Why you're not getting the reciprocity, why you're not getting a return on your investment um, because you're, you're serving. However, you can be serving in the wrong space. We all were sent here with an assignment and that assignment is a service assignment. However, you are you were also provided with a very specific gift that you are supposed to be using um, in which to serve with. We were all given a special gift to use in service to others. So one of the ways to identify if you are obedient is, am I in service to others? And is my gift attached to that service? Is my gift attached to that service? Okay. All right. So If you've leaned your ladder up against the wrong building and climbed to the top, right, this is essentially means that your faith and your works are misaligned. Your faith and your works are misaligned. So let's talk about um, why the the abundance you desire, you're out of alignment and the abundance you desire is on the other side of your obedience. So let's talk about a couple of ways that you can identify whether or not 
your works is in the wrong service industry. Okay. Okay. So I have a couple things for you to consider, like three or four things for you to consider to determine whether or not you are leading with disobedience, although it appears that you have both the faith and the works. So first, are your actions or the lack thereof fear-based? Are your actions or the lack thereof fear-based? Okay. Had somebody uh, really close to me, you know, they uh, always had a dream since they were a child um, to be a firefighter. Okay. They always had a dream since they were a child to be a firefighter. And they had started the process of becoming a firefighter. And although they, um, you know, start, got kind of far, right, They, with their classes and everything that they needed to do to qualify to be a firefighter, they decided to quit. Like with only, like I will say, one semester left, they, they decided to quit. And the industry that they were working in was a really, really, really lucrative industry, right? Uh, it was the finance industry. So the, the, the industry had the potential to make a crap ton of money, right? However, they always had this dream to be a firefighter. And they, like I said, was one semester away from finishing the prerequisites to be a firefighter um, before they can, you know, join the firefighter training academy and they quit. And they decided to just focus all in on the finance industry and decided, you know what, I'm just going to build wealth doing finance. I don't hate it. It's, you know, it can make a good life for me and my family. So I'm just going to do finance. And a couple months into making that decision, you know, and dropping out of school and doing finance, you know, they just started struggling financially just had some hiccups in life and just started struggling and really started questioning like God why is this happening to me what's going on you know this is a I'm seeing other other people be successful in this industry why isn't it working for me and I remember talking to them and I asked them you know like why did you drop out of school and they were honest with me and they said because I was scared right so I was fearful You know, there was, um, I was scared that I wouldn't pass. I was scared that I wouldn't finish. I was scared that I wouldn't get into the firefighter training academy. And so I just quit and went back to finance because I, you know, had that to fall back on. I had training in finance and I knew I could make a, um, a pretty successful life out of, you know, working in finance. And so lo and behold, fast forward a couple months later, This person started just really leaning into faith and, you know, listening to, you know, lessons on obedience and just the power of being obedient and decided to re-enroll in school, finish that semester and become a firefighter. However, this is a very good example of making a fear-based decision, which causes your outcomes your potential abundance to be delayed, your outcomes to be skewed because they made a decision based on fear. They didn't make a decision based on data. They didn't make a a decision based on, you know, historical facts or things that made sense. They They only dropped out because of fear of failure. That was it. Fear of failure. Um, And when we make decisions based on fear like that, right, we literally in that moment 
not only do we confuse God in the universe, but we really like make everything halts. Like when you're moving in the right direction, being obedient, when you're moving in the right direction, you will begin to notice and feel resistance lifting. All of a sudden, your path literally becomes the path of least resistance. Believe it or not, being obedient is the path of least resistance. It's so crazy. It's it's the path that fewer people are on, but it's actually the path of least resistance. And the more you push back against obedience and you basically insist on being disobedient, you will start facing and um, experiencing more resistance in life. Obedience is the path of least resistance. Okay. So number one, are your actions or the lack thereof fear-based? That's the one question you need to ask yourself to determine if you're positioned to get what you're praying for. Okay. If you're positioned to get what you're praying for. Another question to ask yourself, you know, are your actions based on security or comfort? Security or comfort, right? Do you prefer to stay in a situation because it's what you know? It's what you're comfortable with. It's how everyone else knows you, right? So that's a big thing too, like that identity issue. It, are, are your actions based on comfort or security? That's Or are you making decisions that are comfortable for everyone else, that you perceive are comfortable for everyone else, right? I, I did this a little bit and when I was kind of uh, pivoting uh, my business model, you know, not having some resistance with raising our prices and things like this because I felt like it was a comfortable place for everyone else where we were priced at, although it was extremely uncomfortable for me. So I, for a long time, I was making decisions based on security and I was making decisions based on comfort. And so in order for me to take my company to the next level, it required me to get extremely uncomfortable. It required me to get extremely uncomfortable, right? And realize, you know, what they say, like leap in the net will appear. I had to get unsecure to realize I always had security. Leap in the net will appear. So are you making decisions and or are your actions based on security and or comfort? If you know, for example, making a transition to a whole food plant-based diet is the most optimal for you at this time because of your research, maybe your past experience with like a 30-day or a 21-day challenge, and you know this will upend the chronic health challenges that you're facing, but you know, eating meat is comfortable for you. Um, it's also tied to your identity and who you are, and you don't feel like ruffling the feathers or explaining yourself to other people in your life, and so you don't want to become a vegan because of all all of the, you know, uh, the stigmas that may come with it. And so it's comfortable for you to just stay the same um, or operate privately. You don't want to go public with your decisions. You don't want to go public with your choices because you fear the backlash, right? Or maybe it's a combination of one and two. You fear the failure um, and you fear that it's going to make other, your choices are going to make other people uncomfortable, Right. And so are your decisions or your actions 
clouded by security or comfort, which is usually just a perception. A lot of us believe when we stay at nine to five jobs, for example, we don't quit because we're comfortable. The job provides security. You know, you can rely on that chat check, those health benefits. Believe it or not, that's a false sense of security. You are never more secure professionally than you will ever be as when you work for yourself, as you are when you work for yourself. Working for someone else is actually the most unsecure. It's the most unsecure position you can be in professionally. But a lot of us, especially if we have some tenure, you know, we have some seniority, we've been there for a while. The longer you're typically at a nine to five or a corporate job, the more secure you tend to feel. Because, you know, you're you're a senior there. You are not going to be the first to let be let go if, God forbid, they do have to let people go. You have, you know, some equity in the game and or maybe even you have like a unique position where there's not many people who can do your job. So you feel really secure. But trust me when I tell you, working for someone else is the biggest lie when it comes to security. If you believe that someone else deciding, you know, what your income should be, what days and how many you should get off, what, um, you know, benefits, health insurance and all of that. If you believe that that is the highest level of security professionally, you're wrong. I'm not saying it's a bad decision to work for someone else. It's absolutely okay to be completely happy and satisfied in your nine to five job. I'm talking to those of you who are not and know you should have been pivoted. Know that that job no longer serves you and you no longer serve it. I'm talking to you people who are specifically saying I'm not leaving because it's secure. When I promise you there is nothing more secure than providing for yourself at the highest level. Then it's nothing more secure than being at the top of the food chain. Okay, so if you're making decisions based on security or comfort, I will challenge you to call into question the validity of that argument. So you may not be getting what you're praying for because you're out of alignment, because you're making decisions, one, based on fear or two, based on security or comfort or three. The third thing that may be misaligning your faith and your works um, is... You're good at what you do. You're good at what you do, right? So your faith without works is dead, right? Obedience is payment for what you're praying for. But here's the thing. If faith without works is dead and you're claiming I have the faith and I work and I'm good at what I do when I work, I'm good at it. You're trying to figure out why still favor is not falling for you. Okay, and that's because you're good at what you do, but you ain't great at what you do. Listen, if your works isn't aligned with your gift, again, obedience means, right, you are in service to others, but that service is perfectly aligned to your unique gift. I don't care how phenomenal of a hairstylist, nail tech, accountant, a doctor, lawyer, teacher, IT person, HR professional you are. You could be the best in the building, honey. You could be the best in the land. However, if your unique gift that was assigned to you at birth 
is not being utilized, then you are only good at what you do, what you do. You're not great at what you do. And therefore, your works and your faith are misaligned. Hence, you're still being disobedient. It can be very, very confusing conceptually to understand like I'm good at this though right like I'm fire at this it's just like like in customer service like I used to work in a car center a couple of them right and I was good like I'm quick I'm able to assess the caller's issue I was working at Verizon Wireless I worked in another call center before but let's just say Verizon Wireless like I was I knew all our internal mechanisms, processes, you know, I'm about to get this great review when the call is over because I solved the problem for the, like, I'm good at this. I've mastered my job. I've mastered my job. However, however, the reason I'm still not getting everything I'm praying for is because I'm not great at it. It's impossible to be phenomenal or great and, and not be attached to your gift. So you may only be good, but are you great? I know when I'm speaking, when I'm teaching, when I'm creating content, like creative, creatively, I'm off, I'm off the hook with it. I'm great at that. That is what I'm great at. So if I'm reading a script from somebody else's company, you know, hi, my name is Lisa. Welcome to Verizon Wireless, blah, blah, blah. Right? If I'm reading that script, I'm not creating anything. Creation is my bag. I'm so phenomenal at it, right? With regard to communication, curriculum, like that's my bag. I'm not in my bag. So even though I'm good at this, I'm not great at it. And it's the lack of that. That's the missing piece that's causing me to be disobedient. So it's in that disobedience um, where I begin to lose favor. Okay. And the fourth way to assess whether or not you um, are really working for what you're praying for, the fourth way to determine whether or not you're working for what you're praying for is focus, uh, excuse me, force versus flow. Okay. Force versus flow. So essentially what this means is you know, this year, uh, 2021, I decided to surrender to flow. So historically, like my personality type, I'm really, really focused and I, and I'm like goal oriented. One of the surefire ways to ensure that I'm going to get something done is to write it down. Like if I put anything on my calendar to do, it has to get done or I feel extremely unproductive and like a failure, regardless of how I feel in the moment. Like I don't feel like it. You know, I'm not moved to do it anymore. If it's on my calendar, I'm going to get it done. Some stuff has to be done regardless of how you feel because it is what it is. But there's some things that that's not the case. Right. But for me, I'm going to get it done. If I tell someone I'm going to do something, I'm going to get it done. That's called force. That's called force. However, in 2021, I decided to surrender to more flow. And flow is all about, you know, surrendering more to the 
emotional side of things, the more intangible side of things, surrendering more um, to let letting it be side of things, just go literally going with the flow. We know that saying, but how often do we actually apply it? Right. I remember uh, one of my exes told me one time that you plan to plan. He's like, you're really pragmatic and you plan to plan like and he was just the opposite. He was such a flow person. I was such a force person like, no, we said we were going to do this on this day at this time. Like we could be on vacation and I'm like itinerary. Right. And I'm totally not like that anymore. I'm much better. But for me, it was always like, well, this was this was the plan. This is the plan. This was the plan to do this thing on this day at this time for this much for this long. So now, you know, now that I'm getting more, I've developed much more spiritually. I've developed just much more um, emotionally. My emotional intelligence went through the roof in the last year or so. Um, I've developed much more. I've, I've come to appreciate heavily this concept of flow. Okay. And so one of the ways that I'm now able to identify whether or not I'm being obedient is how often I'm able to get into flow. Now, you may have uh, heard of this, like, you might have heard, like, the term get in the zone. Like, people, you can get into flow doing anything. Let me just be clear about that, okay? So, you can get into the in, into flow, you know, cleaning your house. You can get into flow, you know, taking a long drive. You can get into flow. Flow is all about focus and having a high level of uh, presence in the moment, like being fully present in the moment. But when it comes to like what you do for a living, when it comes to um, what you do in order to serve the world, the question here is, is it more force for you or is it more flow for you? Like when I'm teaching my farm to table class, my R Laugh Clive classes, when I'm teaching my certification students and the other 23, when um, I have a speaking engagement and, you know, whether it be on a physical stage or a virtual stage, there usually comes a point in that teaching or that speaking where I get into flow. And it'll be times, you know, you know how somebody's going real good and then a student or a listener will be like, can you repeat that? That was good. And I'm usually like, I have no idea what I just said. First of all, it was for you. It wasn't for me. Okay. But second of all, I was in flow. Okay. And so it's literally like this heightened level of awareness of the present moment. Like I'm not thinking about the future and I'm not thinking about the past. And that's most of our issue. Most of us, you, if you guys have been listening to me for any amount of time, you've heard me say this where most of us live our life in one of two places right? Reviewing the past or rehearsing the future. And rarely are we fully present. Well, here's a cheat code to being more present more often. Be more obedient more often. Because when you're obedient to what you're supposed to be doing, you get into flow way more often. So that is the fourth thing I want you to consider. Do you find that in most things that you do, especially when it comes to like professionally, is it force or if it, or is it flow? Like when I sit down and it's time for me to write content. Like some of you guys really love my emails that I write, for example. And I write emails and you guys reply to me, Lisa, this was so good. This is what I needed. 
you know, I love the way you put that, blah, blah, blah. When I write those emails, they are not premeditated. I sit down and I just get into flow and I just start speaking. <clears throat> Same thing happens with a lot of my talks, a lot of my lectures. The, re- the reason, you know, sometimes, I'll ha- yes, I'll have an outline because there's things I want to make sure I really touch on. But when I get to going, like I'm not reading a script, I'm just going. The examples are just coming to my mind, you know, potential um, alternative arguments are coming to my mind. Let me address this right now for you even say that, you know what I mean? Like I'm on it like that is flow. I'm, I'm in flow the most when I am working and that for me that is speaking, coaching or teaching or writing. That's when I am the most in flow and I, that's one another way to assess whether or not you are obedient is is the majority of what you do force or flow. Now, the other thing that kind of comes with this is, you know, having some level of mindfulness practice also helps you to um, practice being more in the present moment because flow is really about that heightened level of presence and, um, you know, in the moment awareness so me practicing mindfulness has helped with that as well, right? Really practicing and leaning into my meditation practices, my spirituality practices, my faith practice, faith-based practices has really helped with that awareness as well. But also not making decisions out of fear, not making decisions out of security or comfort, making sure I'm not just good at what I do, but I'm great at what I do. And I do that by making sure my gift is always aligned or attached to however I'm deciding to serve and show up in the world. That all helps me to be more in flow. Okay. So those are a few, um, that's a short assessment that you can use to determine whether or not you are aligned or positioning yourself, should I say, whether or not you're positioning yourself to get what you're praying for. Again, obedience is payment for what you're praying for. You can get on your knees all day. You can write in your journal all day. You can go speak to your pastor all day. You know, you can talk to God driving down the road. You can ask for it. You can put it on a vision board. You can put it in the fanciest journals with the fanciest ink, right? You can declare it with your words. You can make sure you speak in affirmations. You can do uh, visioning and visualization, all of that is asking for it. But the way in which those prayers are answered is with works. But the works has to be perfectly aligned with your gift. You have to be obedient. A lot of us are asking for things, but we're proceeding with disobedience. Your prerequisite is disobedience, but then you go ask for something else. Like, no, if you want to be optimal in your life, if you want to live a life of abundance, joy, and peace, and success, and fulfillment, right, that starts with, that favor is going to start with your own obedience. So really assess how you're making decisions in your life. Really assess whether or not you are truly showing up in the way you were meant to, meaning you're using your gift to be in service to others, to make sure you're leaving this world and people a better place than you found it. Because if you are at a high level, I can guarantee you, again, the resistance will fall away. I remember um, literally just today, shout out to Shanita. I know she's an added listener of the podcast. Hey, Shanita. Uh, But Shanita just, uh, she graduated from Farm to Table in my most recent 
semester. And Shanita just today enrolled into the other 23, my plant-based nutrition and coaching certification. And we were on our on the call and she was telling me how, you know, because I, I asked her like, how do you know this is the very next best step for you? I want to make sure this is the very next best step for you. And I asked her, you know, to kind of tell me how, why does she think the other 23 is the best next step for her in her career? And she's like, ever since, you know, I started this process, things have been becoming easier and easier. And she basically broke down that concept of the path I'm on basically is becoming less and less resistant. And I'm like, yes, say less say less. Like I knew exactly where she was. I just couldn't stop smiling because it's so important to understand that most of us think by staying in the position that you're in, whether that be at a job that uh, provides quote unquote security or whether that uh, stay staying in a marriage that's just easier to stay than to leave, um, whether that be staying in a friendship that's dysfunctional or um, a volunteer role or being part of an organization that serves you at one time but doesn't anymore, you know, sticking to a diet because that's the way you came up and that's the way you were already raised. Most of us believe that that is the path of least resistance. Like staying here is the easiest thing to do. To keep doing what I've already done is the easiest thing to do. You are 100% wrong. That is the path of the most resistance. At the point where you get that divine download to shift or pivot and you don't, that is the moment you instantly become disobedient and that is the moment that resistance started happening. You think it's much easier to just uh, have an animal-based diet even though something's been calling you and telling you that it's time to take this out of your diet. You think it's much easier to stay in this job because you've been here for 10 years, you know, and you got seniority and great benefits. You think it's just easier to stay here than to start doing your own thing. I promise you it's not. What you feel every day when you, you work that job, you know, and the stress you feel or them body aches you feel or them headaches you feel or that overwhelm you feel when you just get an email from that one person, that, that's literally the resistance. That's the resistance. You think staying here for the check and the benefits is the path of least resistance. It's the exact opposite. So the moment we start being obedient, it's the moment the resistance falls away. It's the moment that you will then um, begin to get what you're praying for. Obedience is payment for what you're praying for. Okay. Okay. So listen, I hope it made it sense. I hope I made it make sense for y'all today. Remember things don't just happen to us. They happen to us just. So we all are getting what we deserve right now. So if you are, you know, in the best places in your life than you ever been, honey, you deserve that. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, honey, you deserve that. So stop, assess, think about what's required for me to become obedient. Who do I need to become for me to become obedient? Who do I need to employ for me to become obedient? You ain't got to do it all by yourself, but it does need to get done. Okay. So go ahead, get after it. Here's to a phenomenal, phenomenal 2022 to you and everybody connected to you. I will see you guys on the other side. Peace.